hear me? In the garage with phonetic and brains. Yes, brother. Easy, mate. Good uh, to see you. Yes, good to see you too. This is the Brains live from the Brains Cave. And I am phonetics with an assortment of instruments there behind me. <laughs> they all look they all look like a very real studio of things really, really <laughs> happening. Um, yes, next new episode in the garage. Phonetics and Brains, what's yeah, going on? It's been a while, man. Back. This is the longest we've waited between episodes. It's, it's slack on is our really? part. Yeah. Do you know, is it slack? Because I think it was, it, were, it was unintentional on my part. I was just sitting here the other day and I thought, do you know what? I think it's been longer than four weeks. So we try we aim to do it every four weeks, right? And I was just like, no, nah, no, it must be, we must be approaching. Is this six weeks now then since we did an episode? Last one we recorded was on the 28th of August. So we've, we've done, we've got. It's a, about five weeks. Yeah, then. it's about five weeks. About five yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it felt like we were due one, but like I didn't realise we'd gone over. So um, good shout on your part to give me a call and say, oi. Hey, I'm always the one doing the nudging, <laughs> mate. I'm always the one doing the nudging. I mean, it's, it's been a bit of a, it's been, there's been a lot going on. It also means that there's been a shit ton of music um, since, oh, since the last show. My God. Yeah, well, you saw the length of my my shortlist that I had to whittle down to ten, and and uh, I mean, I always say it's been difficult, but like this month was a particularly difficult one to to kind of whittle down because I could have gone with any number of tracks. Uh, it was absolutely strong. ridiculous. I, I still think I still think we're feeling the positive benefit of lockdown. I still I, th- I feel like there's that much of a backlog. In fact, I know there is with some labels that I've been working with. There's that much of a backlog still from lockdown where you know every producer came with like 50 tunes and was just signing them over to everyone i think labels are playing catch up and um yeah i think that's why we still got so much good music also you've got to bear in mind that we're approaching the winter season aren't we and it always goes a bit mad this time of year because all of a sudden labels go ah i don't really want to be releasing anything in december and january because nobody buys records in december and january so everyone's trying to rush to get all of those bits out before the end of the year uh, which is both good and bad because it's uh, nice to have an influx, but bad for our wallets. I mean, I think the, the main thing I was upset about is that just from the backup list, um, there was still so many tunes in there I wanted to talk about with you because, like, yeah. there's just things that I know that we'd have difference of opinion on, um, and and they're a bit contentious. But then there was just so much quality. So you know what? Uh, Absolutely. A, as always, we need to plug the in the garage. Uh, it recommends. Uh, Spotify playlist, which is in the ukgarage.com forward slash recommends. Um, nicely curated by Roberto there. Um, yeah, you know, I, you, you put the work in and I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, check that out and you'll always hear that the bits that we miss end up on, on that list. Um, Do you know what? We pick 10 each, don't we, for that list? Uh, this this is a month where we could easily pick 20 each. I mean, obviously we won't because it would just end up being too 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 hefty, wouldn't it? But like, well, at yeah, that point, minus. we should be just be doing a radio show, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. That kind of defeats the object, right? <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, I, I take your point. <laughs> yeah. Managed to get any petrol? Do you know what? Uh, sort of uh, double-edged sword there because like I was I, I, I'm oblivious to the news I mean we said about it before like right, I stay off social media best I can I also avoid the news I basically stay out of the real world the very best I can the vast majority of the time <laughs> right and um, it just so happened like, I was blissfully unaware of everything that was happening and I did the school run in the afternoon was it on the Friday I'm losing track of where we are now we're like Saturday so the, the last Friday whenever it was that it all kicked off I was doing the school run and um, just as chance would have it, my, my, the, the light on my dashboard came when it started beeping at me, you know, you need to top up with diesel. 
And I, so I, I was like, oh, whilst I'm out, I picked, picked, uh, picked the door up and I was just like, I just got to stop at the petrol station. Got to the petrol station and the queue was about 12 cars deep. And I was like, what's going on here? And this geezer came out and he was like, you after fuel? And I was just like, yeah, have I picked a bad day? Anyway, he had a little bit of a laugh at me. Um, and I was just like, well, I've got to do it because I'm not like, my, my daughter goes to school about half an hour from, from my house. So if oh, I don't shit. top up, I'm, I'm going to run out of fuel on the way home kind of thing. So I topped up while I was there. Um, and then obviously got home and kind of watched the news and I was just like, holy shit, I'm, I'm, that, that was lucky that I did that. Cause like, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, where I am. I'm like uh, on the London road and, um, like every petrol station between here and Camberley, like has just been closed a week. You get like, so, um, yeah. Thank you all the retards. Thank you all the retards that have been <laughs> topping up their quarter of a tank that they rushed to the station. I, my petrol light's been on for two weeks and I've had nothing. And like I'm in um, I'm in Essex, right? So that's been one of the, like the, the worst hit because we've got the most idiots. Um, and <laughs> and, I, and I, the petrol oh, like came on like two weeks ago, and I went to the petrol station BP, and they had nothing but premium because they they were just starting to feel for some reason Essex has started to have the delivery problems first. And um, so I've I'm like, well, I ain't paying one fifty five or whatever the fuck it was for yeah, a yeah. litre. So I'm like, sorry, I ain't filling up. I'll wait until it sorts itself out. And then next day, all this shit it started. And I, so I've literally had <laughs> I've had no petrol for two weeks. Oh shit. Well at least you're are you are you in a position where you're you're near a tube station or something? Because can you you get about somewhat quite well without a car? Uh, I, well I'm just work from home, bruv. I just don't leave. Just me and the dog oh, and there that's you go. it. And the missus goes out. Just stay there as much as you can. That's it. No, that's a smart move. I can order everyone that's a smart move. Order everyone about over Microsoft Team, that's all we need to do, right? That's uh what twenty twenty one's all about. Um should we jump Indeed. into it? Because, you know, this we shouldn't really, I think we it's not really to, a yeah, petrol podcast. We'll... Let's, uh, let's get cracking. Um, say, Everyone's probably sick hearing about petrol already. Yeah, that's it. We'll just, yeah, we'll just um, uh, complete. This will be so dated. Someone will revisit this in two years' time and be like, petrol? Why the fuck are they going on about petrol? Do you remember? We had yeah, a petrol, petrol thing? Yeah. crisis. The army's coming out tomorrow. <laughs> we recorded on, on Monday, recording this on Saturday um, to, to deliver Madness. petrol for us. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we voted Brexit and sent all the foreigners home and then there's no truck truck drivers and we wonder why i'm not saying which way i voted but i'm not happy about this situation anyway shall we go for your first tune let's get into our brand new get out of politics and into the ukg bro what you got for us i must have i must apologize to impact and marvel because actually like i i I think the last episode we recorded was the day that this track that that i've picked came out Uh, but i hadn't realized it was out otherwise i would have probably plugged it back then because it's a banger um, we'll talk about it obviously after we listen to it, but this is Impact featuring. Uh, help if I announce it properly, wouldn't it? Impact featuring Susie Q with a track called Hold Me Tight. Uh, it's available now on vinyl exclusively via MI Wax. Thank you. 
definitely got that impact feel about it. Um, and it's, sure. it's, it's kind of vintage as well in terms of its structure, um, but also just kind of the way that he's put the sounds together and mixed it down. It's not, it's not necessarily kind yeah. of the 2020s kind of vibe. 2021, mate. Where are you? You're a year behind. 2020s. We're in the 2020s, right? It's the whole. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Whole I get what you're saying. But, I mean, um, let's just talk about impact for a second, because I mean, obviously, like people who know me are gonna know that impacts my boy. That's not the reason that I picked this track. Like, there's never any favoritism. Like, when it comes to our track selection, I always pick the tracks that I think are best. Right. Um, so that's the first thing I wanted to say. Impact, um, I think generally, like when you hear the name Impact, a lot of people probably think radio presenter, right? Because he's got a long standing history, he's got a show on Flex, um, he, he runs a very tight ship, he's got a good show over there, regularly brings on guests. Um, and I think as a result of that, I think his production sometimes gets overlooked. Do you know what I mean? I, th- I think people think DJ Impact, you see him on a lot of flyers. Um, actually, like he's quite an accomplished producer when you look at his body of work, his back catalogue. Um, and I think one of the things that I, I could really easily say about him is that he's very good at kind of honing in on sound and kind of emulating it. And I think obviously it's a very clever track here because he's obviously picked up on the fact that this kind of 4-4 retro vibe is kind of popping up with the vinyl thing, right? There's certain things that sell on vinyl and this kind of vibe is one of those things. And, and obviously him and Marvel have been talking about putting out uh, a vinyl release for a while. So it's the ideal thing to put onto a vinyl. But like you quite correctly said there in terms of the way it's constructed uh, the, the sound selection the mix down uh, and the arrangement more importantly it's very authentically kind of mid to late 90s do you know what I mean it's it really like you could if you played me that track and you didn't tell me that was Impact and you told me it was one of those artists from back then I probably wouldn't even question it I'd be like oh, yeah I can, I can kind of hear that the only the only giveaway tell obviously that is Impact is you can hear those little trademark uh, kind of train sounds uh, like faintly in the background <laughs> if you listen closely but like if you, if you didn't realise that then you could quite easily uh, miss it and I, I think you know like it's, it's a trend with Impact um, being able to really authentically mimic uh, styles convincingly he did it for me when he did um, his Speed Garage mix of The Rage uh, from my 27 month remix album uh, it was another one like when, when he played it to me I was like fucking hell like if you'd played it to me and told me that was made in the late 90s I totally would have would have believed it uh, and I think you know he's nailed it with that track it's a, it's a strong release on the whole like I easily could have picked any four of the tracks on that vinyl uh, that's my pick of the bunch I know a lot of people are obviously quite hyped over one of the, one of Marvel's bits uh, but props to them man I think it's um, it's always a good look whenever anyone puts out a vinyl right it's, it always kind of takes us back to yesteryear and, and I, it, there's always kind of that risk element with it as well um, I think it kind of takes balls unless you're like an esta- one of those established cult labels like Shall Not Fade or uh, you know you've got like other people doing the 4-4 thing who obviously shifting a lot of vinyl um, it takes balls to do it uh, but, but I like I like how they've delivered it I like what they've done um, and yeah I just wanted to to shout that tune big up impact to Marvel and um, kind of push a people push a few people in their direction it's, it's definitely got a, a, a tough jammy vibe to it for sure um, just even the way the kind of toppy like deep, 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 deep sounds they're all that's all very tough jammy to me um, yeah you know, it's it, I originally when I saw this vinyl I thought this was an old tune that he was re-releasing but obviously it's brand brand spankers um, yeah, it's a new one. Yeah, and uh, it's just it all, whenever I see vinyl releases, it always hurts my heart because it's like, you know, I've, I'm now just looking at a shit ton of vinyl that I've got, and I've got no interest in buying it anymore. Um, yeah, just because it's it music, and it's sad in a way that music has become so disposable. But it's like 
For me to buy a vinyl only release, it means I'd have to get my Technics out. I didn't have to rip the vinyl. I'd have a subpar um, quality copy of the the tune. Um, and and th- but then I suppose when they do digital and vinyl together, that makes sense. And if you're kind of an avid kind of fan of the music, you want to have the thing to say I have this to support it. And I've you know I've met yeah. plenty of people that's like that. But but you know I just I think in the position that I am personally, I don't want to buy like physical anymore. I only want to buy digital. Um, I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from. I think the difficulty for, for the artist or label, if it's a label that's doing it, the difficulty is obviously striking that balance because if you do a vinyl and you do the digital release at the same time, and I'm just trying to think of artists like Smasher, Smasher does it, right? Um, the the fact that you're doing digitally will, will put a sort of a portion of that demographic that wants the vinyl off the idea of buying it because there are the people that will buy it purely because they want that kind of exclusivity and that kind of that potential for that vinyl to be worth something. It's like a collector's item, right? And when as soon as you kind of put it out there digitally, you kind of, you almost remove that from it. So there's a real fine kind of balance, balancing act to be had there. I know we've talked about it at length in the past, and I agree with you, like, but for, from a purely subjective point of view, like, I mean, I don't even have a, a vinyl turntable at the moment. I, I downsized my studio, I moved flat, um, and, I, and I sold a lot of stuff. And one of the first things I got rid of was, was all my vinyl because it was taking up so much space. So I ripped it all. I still got the rips, obviously, but like I sold all my vinyl on that, and like, yeah, the I, I agree. The idea of buying vinyl now, like, I would seldom do it. In fact, I got a vinyl through for the first time this week in God knows how long, and the only re- re- reason I've got it is because blacklisted uh, EP is me. <laughs> 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 Big up Strictly House and Garage, Garage for sending me my coffee. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one. And how do you play it as an artist? Do you put out like if you want to sell a view? Because I, I get it, I get it. We talked about it before, and I kind of questioned it. And you were like, you quite rightly sort of said profit margins, and like if you can make the money back from the vinyl, then you're going to do that, aren't you? Because you can mark up a vinyl three four quid till three, you know, make three four quid profit per unit. Say if you if you're kind of pushing it and selling it at a sort of tidy price mm. um you're never going to make anywhere near that sort of money selling mp3s but equally I, I guess it depends what you're looking to get from a release do you want to build your rep do you want to increase your exposure or do you want are you purely looking at it as right can we make a few quid from this um because yeah it's, it's that balancing act and it do you know what i mean like you uh, could, yeah you could if, if you put that tune out as an mp3 probably make like a tenner like by the time the distributor's taken their cut, by the time Beatport's taken their cut. Do you know what I mean? It's, whereas, whereas you could sell several vinyl and you've immediately made more money than that. So I can see the appeal, appeal in it in, in monetary terms. Um, I mean, for me personally as an artist, we kind of strayed from talking about the track here. We're going to kind of go into the politics of, yeah, of vinyl yeah. versus digital, aren't we? I mean, for me, like I, I said it before in a previous episode, like I, I'm always kind of minded to think, right, I make music because I want as many people as possible to hear it. And that's why I'm always kind of trying to market and find new ways to get myself out there and build more of a presence be purely because I want as big an audience as possible because as an artist, knowing that there are people listening to me is what drives me along, even if I'm not necessarily making so much money. That's not, not a criticism of anyone who's trying the vinyl thing and big up Impact and, and Marvel for kind of taking that leap and doing it. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's that kind of contrasting, conflicting point of view, isn't it? It's that perspective that kind of falls in line with what you were saying as the consumer going, oh, I don't know if I can really be asked for vinyl, but... No, but the market's there, bruv. The, the, mar- the market's there. That's what I'm saying. If my cynical yeah. hat comes on, yeah, and it's yeah. like, okay, you're hitting the vinyl market. Vinyl sales are probably, I think they're above CDs now at the moment, and they're continuing to shoot up. Like, it is, there's been a revival, uh, like, you know, it's a renaissance of, of, of vinyl at the moment. And, and well, I think that's in, great. 
walk in your local HMV. The, the there's the, you know the, well, my my local HMV anyway. The the vinyl section is as big, if not bigger, than the CD section. So I think that kind of falls in line with what you're just saying there. Yeah, because people want to have the thing, and and yeah. vinyl just it is it's more of a better souvenir almost. But then, yeah. But I, I suppose where my cynicism kicks in is where you get labels like Doctor Banana, and I've heard I've heard good and bad things about the way they deal with their their artists. Um, but you know they're, they're putting out tunes that they will hundred percent be exclusive on their vinyls only with limited run, which means you've got to pay for it, you get it, and then it's gone forever. And you know that's fine, but it means that. Instantly, I say in my head, "Well, I'm not interested because I can never touch that because I'm not going to buy the vinyl, and if I can't get it digitally, I don't care about it." Um, it's you know, maybe it's just my own kind of selfish ways, but um, I hope that eventually they release this digitally so I can get a copy of it. So big up Impact, um, and if you want to send it to my email, you know my address, bro. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's a wicked track, though. It's a wicked track. Big up Impact, and um, I, I, mean, I feel he's like. I feel he's, he's 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 like one of the. And I'm again, I'm legitimately not saying this because he's one of my boys. Um, you know, part of the reason like that you become friends with someone is because you're like-minded, right? So I think one of the reasons that he's my boy is because we, we're, we're on the same wavelength and, and certainly like when it comes to music, definitely so. Uh, but I genuinely, you know, that aside, do think he's like one of the unsung heroes of Garage because I think he's, you know, he's been around forever, much like us. We're, we're, all, we're all dinosaurs. But he's been doing his bit <laughs> and he's, he's been really grafting and kind of pushing the sound for God knows how long. Do you know what I mean? It, before I, I met him even... Um, and and I think he, he really deserves more praise. I was I was talking. Um, I can't remember who I was talking with recently about like radio DJs and the type of DJ that you want repping garage like on a grand scale. And I feel like Impact is is the ideal guy that like if I was at one of these big stations, if I was working for Bow Media Group or something, I'd be looking at someone like him going right. Well, he knows his shit. He's been around a long while. He's an artist as well. He knows the ins and outs. He knows everyone. He works hard every week to get different guests on his show and showcase everything that's going on. That's the type of person you want. And he's charismatic with it on his show. Do you know what I mean? I listen to other radio shows and I, I wouldn't necessarily say the same things about the presenters. And that's all I'm going to say because I don't want to offend anyone. I'm not including you here because your show's creased me. I love your presenter, man. I'm a top wanker, mate. No, <laughs> no, no your, your show's, you, you kill me. You kill me with your, 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 your little comments you make and stuff. I never fail to laugh. I think mean, I've always got time for good, good music and good humour. Good combination. I I've, I've, tell you what, I've got a lot of time for impact on his radio show because he gets those guests in. Um, and I think my ego is so big that I don't want to take away my time <laughs> from my own mixing and all my, my, the new tunes that I found, you know, like I source tunes. Um, I wish I, I had the, um, the patience um, and the, the, the space in my, in my brain to be, allow other people in constantly. Um, and it will also takes a lot of coordination. It's time consuming as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's, the coordination, it's mate. It's, it's, as I will say, obviously, I've been on Impact Show a number of times, and and like fair play to him because he's really like, um, it, you, you never turn up there, and he, you, you never turn up there without a plan. He's always got a plan for how the show's going to go, what's going to be being discussed at X, Y, and Z times, and which tunes are getting played, and and like that's that's an important scheduling, isn't it? That's an important part of of doing something seamlessly. And I think that's why one of the reasons why his show is so good uh, because he takes the time and the effort to do that. Unlike you, yeah, yeah, lazy git. Yeah, I know, right? It's just all about me, me, me. Um, so if you want a copy of my wax, um, it's M I, the letter I, wax. Um, you can get that from Marvelous Records and the My Wax Records band camps. Big up Impact, big up Marvel. Let's move on. We've been talking about this one for ages. Um, I say talking about this one. I'm obviously just bitching about the fact that I can't get songs that are on vinyl for myself. That's all that was. <laughs> um, I'm going to move on to this next one. I text this one to you. 
um, mainly because of the trumpet, because there's always got to be a trumpet. It's got to be right quick. Quick. What's that, Rob? I've heard a trumpet in a garage song. Let's go. Um, I have been um, humming this song. This song's been in my head like all week. Uh, and I don't want to share it with you guys. Um, who is it? It's uh, it's uh, Wiguez. Wi- is that how you say it? Is it? I don't know. How you say I it. think it's Wiguez. He's Spanish, right? So probably Wiguez. I'm guessing. Uh, uh, lo siento, uh, no comprende. Uh, Donde esta la discoteca? Uh, so it's Wiguez and uh, Altea and P1. And this tune um, is on Kinphonic Records and it is entitled What She Wants. wish I knew more about this collective of people um, but th- th- this is t- this 2021 mate like the singing style is obviously modern um, you've got the, the jazz step stuff going on which I hope they've grabbed from you but you never know um, <laughs> and I say it's just it's garage and it's just modern and I just that trumpet line mate is just amazing um, do you know how tempted I was to have my trumpet beside me and then as that kicked I was going to just going to whip uh, you, it out you should have mate you should have you ruined it I didn't it. want to detract from the beauty of the tune I felt like it would have been an unnecessary distraction fantastic mate this is uh, from, like I just love that it is this is this era right now this is how you kind of fuse musical styles across all genres and put it into garage um, yeah, in the yeah. kind of vibe that I want to hear uh, phenomenal phenomenal work and uh, uh, you know, I wish I'd looked up on who these guys are a bit more, but I want the music to speak for itself. This is one of them ones where I'm yeah, scrolling yeah, yeah. through all releases and I hear this and I'm like, fucking wicked. Agree entirely with everything you've said there. I think you hit the nail on the head for me when you when you use the phrase, the, the word modern, um, because I, like, that was the first thing I thought when I was listening to it, aside from how beautiful it is, was just like how topical there are like, there are lots of topical elements in it that go together and then get fused with those kind of traditional garage stylings in a really soulful and jazzy way. And it's it's just really 
slickly done from start to finish. You know, the first thing I thought, and I don't mean this as a, as a diss to them, the first thing that I thought when I heard those first couple of chords, if you take it back and play those first couple of chords, actually, can you do that? Can you just play those first couple of chords for me? Right, okay. Just the chords and then stop it. Right, hang on. Right, pause it there. If you played me just that bit and said, that's the new Higo track, I would be like, <laughs> yeah, it sounds very Higo-esque, just in the chord progressions, do you know what I mean? But then obviously it kind of goes off down a slightly different route, and, and like you say, that there's, there's so many elements going on there, and um, yeah, I mean, I can't really elaborate much more on, on what you said, because I, th- I feel like you summarised it perfectly. I love it. It went straight on my jazz tip playlist. I text you thanking you for the heads up. Um, and I've been listening to it all week myself. It's great. So um, props to those guys. Um, and I hope we can hear more from that little collective. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we greats. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, like if, if, they, if, you, if they listen, can, can you like, I'm always, <laughs> in fact, I saw another artist this week that had like three V's in a row in his name. Um, obviously, that, that was a bit of a better example of one that I hadn't a clue how to say it. If, if Wigwes, 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 like what, can, they, can, they, can they send us a message to tell us how to pronounce their name right? I always feel really disrespectful when we're reading out an artist's name and we don't know how to say it. I want to get it right. I, is, is it Altair? I think it's Altair. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we need I'm, to clarify this. I, you know, I've got small writing on my computer screen here. I'm an old man. <laughs> you know, I'm 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 40 next year, bruv. I'm a, I'm a granddad. I'm literally a granddad. So I'm I'm already starting to struggle to see properly. Um, so I just have to like <laughs> squint and take a best guess. Um, wicked things. Um, thank you, Wigwes, for creating Fantastic. whatever that is, and everyone else that's featured on that. I'm P1. Wigwes and P1 because I'm, I'm guessing they produced it. And then the singer was, um, uh, what did you say, Altair or whatever his name is, Altair. Is it Altair, Altair? I can't I did, see it. I, I had a quick, I did look them up. I did look, I, I went on Spotify and looked them up and obviously you've got the little biography and some people, obviously their biographies are more comprehensive than others. And, and one of them had had support from the name of, I, I even read it and I thought I must remember that so that when we're <laughs> discussing, I can give him props and now I've forgotten. But they had some support from, from some big people over in the States. So they're, they're obviously kind of doing the thing and making moves. They must I be Ameri- the are they American then? Are they American? No, no, no. I think they were Spanish. I think Wigwes, I think, unless, I'm pretty sure Wigwes and P1, don't quote me on this and sorry if I'm wrong, lads, but I'm pretty sure I saw that they were Spanish on there. Um, really? I don't know about the other guy. Yeah, double check that in case I'm talking shit. Well, I'm pretty say, sure that's what I saw earlier. I, I, let's, let's just leave it hanging so we can have people email yeah. in and just be like, no, what is this prick talking about? <laughs> um, Answers maybe, on the back of a postcard to feedback at intheukgarage.com, yeah. right? Maybe he's Mexican. <laughs> you never know. Who knows? It could be could some... be. It's kind of got like Latino. I thought certain elements, and there's like a breakdown in there, it almost sounds kind of like you could strip the garage beat off it, stick a trap beat over it, and it'd be quite a topical kind of... Latino trap beat, wouldn't it? It would work really well. Yeah, please anyway, do not ever do that. We're... Do not ruin that song to a Latino trap. <laughs> um, great stuff. Let's um, let's move on to to, to your next pick, bruv. What you got? My ne- my next pick is one that you. I'm pretty sure you played it. I think you played it on your show the other I week. I did. Uh, I did. Yeah, you did, didn't you? And, and I fell in love. I got a sh- massive shout out to my man Martin Depp. Uh, we're going to talk about him afterwards. This is Depsky with a track called Stonebridge Park. This is the 3am mix. I don't even know that there's another mix. As far as I know, this is the only mix, but it's the 3am mix in any event. It's available now on Friday Rush Records.
great things clearly happening at 3am. Yeah, indeed. I think it says a lot about how laid back and chilled that track is that we were both pouring ourselves alcoholic beverages while listening to it. Like, could that have been timed better as you're over there pouring out your whiskey? <laughs> um, no, what a track, man. And and completely caught me off guard because um, this is not like anything I've heard go out on Friday Rush Records to this point. It, you know, when I, when I see Friday Rush, I expect a certain kind of two-step. Um, always banging, always high cal- calibre but I've not heard anything like this. So when I clicked on it, he blew me away. And I straight away got on the emails to Martin. And I was like, fucking hell, mate, like you, you've caught me off, off guard there. Um, and, and I mean, you know, Martin Depp, uh, what a ledge, uh, true gent, real pro. Um, how many fucking labels is he running? I don't know, the guy, like people say Smash is the busiest man in garage, right? I don't know if he is. I think Martin Depp's up there because the guy is running so many different little chains of labels there, each with their different sound. Um, and to come with something like that as well um, lovely I don't know I did email him um, and I said it, I, I don't know whether I'm off the mark suggesting that Depsky is mine because he's Martin Depp it would make sense to me that it's Depsky I said is that you is that an alias is that hush hush I don't want to blow you a cover if that is a quiet alias uh, we didn't get back to me yet. I only emailed him last night I was hoping to kind of get clarification before we went on there so apologies if I've just blown the lid in the hush hush alias but um, if that is him making that whoever did make that tune it's fucking sublime it's really slickly done um, I think uh, just a real nice compliment to, to the roster and the back catalogue that Friday Rush has got because um, obviously there's, there's been a few CJ Rain bits recently right that are kind of a bit more higher paced more up tempo than that one this is just like I don't know. That's that that I hear that. That's the type of thing I want to chill to on my sofa or the night after the, the day after I've been for a night out or if I'm in the car. It's just real chilled, laid back vibes. You know what I mean? Another one straight on my jazz step playlist. It's right up my street. Um, love the chords. Love the keys. Love the brass. It's kind of got a BWK kind of thing going on with that brass. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? When I say that, it's kind of that distant sax that just kind of is there and kind of. It's, it's in the forefront, but it's in the background. It's laced in reverb. It just that, that, that it just sucks, right? It just makes me the, smile. The way that he done that sax uh, reminded me instantly of Stone Cold. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Groove Chronicles. That. Yeah, that that was the, just the way it's that. kind of, just the sound of it and how it was echoing and the reverb and all that. That was Stone Cold is where the link that I made. Obviously, it's not the same like notes that he's playing or chords or whatever, but. I can see the, I can see the, I can, I could, I could see, if you said to me, yeah, that's directly influenced by uh, Groove Chronicles, I could see a direct link there. It's almost like he's, he's kind of done a sort of a, a slightly more modern take on what they were doing back then, right? Mm. I think that's, that's probably fair to say, but he's done it. It's, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. So I, I feel like I'm, you can tell when, when I'm really blown away by a tune because like I know what I'm trying to say, but my brain doesn't catch up with my mouth. And I end up going, <laughs> blah, 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 just kind of, it's not the alcohol, I swear. It's not, it's not the drinks. It's not the drinks. I'm just, yeah, really blew me away. And like, I've listened to that so much since it came out. I've just been like, it's just one of those ones I've had on loop. And I'm just like, oh, every time I listen to it, I'm like, you know, certain tracks, you just can listen to them repeatedly and you don't tire of them. Just one of those ones. I love it. Mate, so, um, yeah, Friday Rush has put out some wicked, wicked tunes. Um, loads of tunes by Two Sleep. Um, and this, you said CJ Rain goes out on it and, they, and they've been a bit sneaky. They've put a couple of older like CJ Rains out and then rehashed them. Um, which, you know, I was like, oh, new CJ Rain. And I'm like, oh no, hang on. That tune's actually 10 years old. I, 
I've got no issue with that because the chances are that, that a lot most people missed it from 10 mm. years ago. I can understand the logic. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Completely. I'm planning to do it with some Riddler stuff soon, so don't hate too much on that. Because uh, I, I feel like, no hate, no hate. You know, it's it like you get a tune that's, that's, that, that's, that's of CJ. All of CJ stuff has been high calibre as well. It needs to be reissued so that a new generation can enjoy it. Yeah, that Sorry. tune. It, it was you the tune. Now no, no, no. It's like, it's like the, 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 the tune that I remember specifically was rocking and grooving, um, and that. And I know that I had that in like 2010 or something. And I see it come out on Friday Rush, and it's like, oh, that's nice. Like more people are going to hear that tune. It's kind of what I'll think. But then at the same time, it's like, well, I don't want to touch that because it's 10 years old, and I'm playing new music. That's you being a snob, though. That's no, but you. It, that's but you, it's though, not it? snob. It's not just. It's not pure snob. It's a little bit of snob, but it's not pure snob because there's so much fucking music. My radio show this week. Do you know how tough it was to pick the fucking set um, of my last radio set because there was so much music and it, it, exactly the same. The testament of narrowing down just like three tunes each to talk about on this show. Um, ridiculously difficult to go back to to Stonebridge Park three a.m. Beautiful. You're talking about, you know, it's the day after um, you, you go out, you might want to listen to this. That's the definition of Sunday flavours, mate. Um, you know, mm. that's where that phrase mm. come from. Sunday morning pirate station. You put on then chilled kind of garage vibes. Uh, and this would have kind of, that, that, this is the modern version of that, right? Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Great work. Big up, big up. Uh, uh, is it Depth Sky or Depth Ski? Who knows? I don't know. Mm, I've just assumed it's Depth Ski, but. Um, it's it's got to yeah, be Depth Ski. I mean, it's got to be Depth Ski. Uh, yeah, that's, that's whoever fine. whoever Depsky is, it's a it's a wicked it's a wicked one. And can we get some clarification as well, uh, Martin? Wh- when you hear this, whoever he is, Martin, can you just let us know if there is if there's another mix? Are we going to hear like a a 10 p.m. mix or like is there is there a more more slam? I, I want to know. I want to know. I, like, I thought if, it was just called Stonebridge Park 3 a.m. And you've said it's Stonebridge Park like, the 3 a.m. mix. I, do you know what? Let, let me check it on Spotify. I'm pretty sure it's labelled the 3 a.m. mix because that was the first, my first thought was. Hmm, is there another mix? I want to know. Like, if there's another version of that track, I want to hear it, right? <laughs> Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. I'm checking in real time. All right, we'll, 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 uh, <laughs> we'll hold this space. Um, but yeah, great work. Um, big up Devsky and, and big up uh, Friday Rush Records just for... I mean, they came out of nowhere, really. Like, I just... I, I start, Every time a, a tune came out from them, I was like, oh my God, what's this label? Like, it, 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 uh, they just dropped randomly and they've every release is pretty much a banger. Like, I, I've got to big yeah. them up. I'm just going to jump in and interrupt you because you're right. I, I'm, I'm chatting shit. It hey. is actually labelled Stone, Stonebridge Park 3am original mix. So I beg your pardon on that one. In terms of where they came from, I mean, obviously, like, like we were saying before, like Martin, about Martin being, being so busy, I think probably, I mean, if you look at like Pogo House, right? Pogo House, I think it's probably fair to say is his kind of main thing, right? And, he, and he's like a staple within the garage house movement, like a real fundamental part of that scene. Like they're on like... 200 what are they like 280 odd releases in like that's fucking insane i know they've been going for like several years now what, but like, House are? Is, yeah Holy yeah they're fuck. like fucking a shitload of, of releases like and and like when you go back through the back catalog it's a str- like the, the consistency the the quality control is is strong it's not like they're putting out hundreds of shit records they're putting out strong records um so to be in a position where actually they've got these sort of sister and sister labels that that are delivering slightly different sounds. He's obviously got good channels set up off the back of that to do it. Um, and I and I feel like Friday Rush, um, as well as what's, what's the other one, the Bubbling? Is it Bubbling Twist? Bubbling Twist has done some bangers as well. I feel like they they don't those labels and the releases on them probably don't get the credit they deserve. Um, I f- I feel like I could 
we could probably chat about any one of those each month and, and they're they're up there among the strong releases that we're we're looking at you know so um yeah props and keep them coming please large up to that camp let's move on to the next Indeed. one this is a label that's obviously very close to, to you and i you've had releases on here um uh, you know and he he's recently started sending me promos again so thank you for restarting that i appreciate it um this one was in the shops and i had to grab it as a as a uh you know a citizen of the of the garage scene i had to purchase this one um guy from australia who's been out on various labels um been out on downplay um and and a few others uh, a guy called angus green and I, I let's play the tune and talk about it uh this is out now on strictly flavor records by angus green and it is entitled untroubled absolutely love that one and i would love to play it all the way to the end and just vibe to it um but you know it's it's very very modern now i've got a feeling that the reason he's called this untroubled is because he sampled another record called untroubled by a guy called 123 mrk who's a french guy the reason i would guess that is because i love 123 mrk um, and I've listened to the record Untroubled many, many times. And those sounds and that chord progression, I think are from that record. I need to double check this oh, with, right. with Angus. Um, you know what? And if he's if he's uh, sampled that as a homage and put that as the title of this record, amazing. Um, if he didn't do that, this tune is still phenomenal without that. Um, but love it. Absolutely love it, man. Um, Angus, great work. Uh, Strictly Flavor, great job signing it, man, because what a tune. Yeah. I'm a huge, I'm a huge Angus Green fan. Uh, I probably should should touch base with him and let him know that. I feel, I feel like it's important if you're feeling someone's music to let him know, right? Um, but yeah, if, if he's watching Big Up Angus, I actually uh, the first time I heard this release, first thing I did was pick up my phone and text Ian at Strictly Flavor. Just I, and, he, and he'll vouch for this. I text him, I fucking love Angus Green, and then <laughs> and then realised how weird it sounded and was just like, just listen to the new release. Um, but no, Big Up because. Um, yeah, I mean, I, he's he's been churning them out for a while now, and everything I hear is just so. Um, it's just very creative. I feel like he's not sitting in a box or trying to emulate anyone. He's just doing his own thing, um, and he kind of mixes it up a bit. But it's always it just always sounds really slick. I think in terms of this release, um, as I say, I was really pleased that you'd you'd kind of highlighted this as one of the ones you wanted to discuss. 
wasn't my favourite of the two. I actually preferred Vortex myself. Yeah, okay. yeah, I, I had that on my had that on my shortlist. Um, they're both kind of equally, beautifully, slightly wonky. If if that, do you know what I mean by wonky? I don't mean yeah, that completely. Yeah, I mean yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Just kind of out there in in the way they're constructed, and I love that on Vortex. It's kind of got that kind of. Um, sort of staggered the snare is ever so slightly late do you know what I mean it just kind of gives it that little kind of ah but see the snare the snare being slightly late that is a signature of 123 MRK who I was talking about like this is why I'm saying I feel like it's got to be influenced by this guy I almost want to play that tune <laughs> we're going to need some feedback from Angus as soon as he hears this I want to know I want to know now well you know what it, uh, I think I'm going to have to play 123MRK Untroubled. It's the only way we're going to settle this. Have a listen to this and tell me what you think. Hear the sound? The plonky plonky, similar. That tune is forever one of my favourites. Like, and my it's... single favourite thing. Sorry to jump. My single favourite thing about doing this podcast with you is watching how excited you get about <laughs> these tunes. And and the fi- I know the Final Cut Collective always listen back to these podcasts, and they always said the like, I always get texts from them, just like, oh, I love Friends' reaction to this. Like, it's become an ongoing conversation topic. Your bopping and your dance moves, man. A good example, right there. You got to feel it. I got to um, feel it in here, mate. But look. Uh, am I crazy? I want to know. Am I crazy? Uh, can you see where I'm coming see, from? I can kind of see the link. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, uh, the only person who can clarify for us exactly the the reason for the title and how influenced it was is is, is Angus, isn't the, it? The sounds are uh, too similar, mate, and the the, the chord progressions sound, are there. I can see it. I can see what you're saying. I can see what you're saying. But then equally, like it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like chicken and egg situation when it comes to composing music because you you're like everybody's. There's been a lot of things in the in 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 the uh, the press recently, right, about like legal cases against artists in America being accused of ripping other people off, and and I genuinely do think, as an artist, you do inadvertently hear things that you haven't, you don't even realise have inspired you, and, and and like I remember back in the day, AC making like this tech house track when he was first doing his his tech house thing, and kind of sending it to me, and I was making a tech house track around the same time, and then like. When I finished my track, I listened back and I was like, holy shit, it just sounds like I've mugged AC off. And it was obviously because what he did was that catchy that it got into my head and I hadn't even realised it until I'd kind of fit And I ended up kind of apologising him going, shit, mate, sorry, I've just completely rinsed you. <laughs> um, so I think it does happen. Whether, whether, whether it has happened unintentionally there or whether Angus no, no, no. has done it. I don't think it's unintentional. Homage, I, don't I, don't I think it's a homage, mate. And, 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 yeah, and I completely respect it. I, why would you call it exactly the same name? Like... I hope it is because it means he's got great taste because I love that fucking track so much. Um, me, <laughs> when, I, when I used to make music uh, under Orpheus LDN uh, with Paul Moore Dib, we used to cream our knickers over 123MRK 
just like because he's so like different and twisted. If you haven't checked him out, he's a French guy, um, and and, and I highly recommend it. Let's um, I'm, I'm worried about time and stuff, and yeah, and how much gassy, my, man. Let's jump into the next one. I also wonder how much my um, my bladder's going to hold up. I don't I don't know how long it's going <laughs> to keep going with it's all, all that of this whiskey you drinking. Exactly. Mate. <laughs> yeah. 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 Go ahead, introduce the next one, mate. Go for it. I'm really pleased we can we can discuss something by my man Paro because he's uh, you know he's he's another one who's like a, an unsung hero of garage, been around fucking forever, um, has been responsible for some real bangers. He's got a new release out on New Volve Recordings, no less. Uh, it's called Havana, and uh, this is it playing right now. Lively vibes, bro. What a blend of vibes. What a blend. Like, I don't even know. I was thinking about this. You know, like you've kind of got your, all your different subgenres of garage that fall under the umbrella. And you could normally kind of pinpoint whether something would be classed as like on the more bassy side, whether something's bass house, bass line, two step. I can't really, I can't really categorize that. And I like that. It's good. It's, it's kind of emergence of, of, of different little styles. And it kind of takes me back to. Thinking back to like 2010, 2011, when Para was making quite a lot of this kind of rolling 4-4 bass heavy stuff. It's like a slightly more evolved, more mature, better produced version of what he was doing then. Um, and I think it's, I mean, for me personally, subjectively, like not a lot of people know, but obviously I like jazz. Everyone knows that, right? But like my, my favourite kind of little niche sub part of jazz is like the Latin side. I really like a lot of the salsa and the rumba and like particularly the Cuban stuff. And obviously... Uh, that's where the elements of this this come from, and he, he's kind of found a way to do it and kind of chop up that sample, but maintain the the warmth of the original sound and kind of bring it across into what is quite a sort of um, I don't want to say clinical or sterile, but it's not such a warm kind of track. It's kind of a dirty, raw track. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I don't feel like many people could do that in the way that Para does it, and and kind of maintain that level of energy in there. It's a real it's a real kind of it's like almost a head fuck. Uh, of, a, of a mix of different sounds but done so well well enough and I said this to you before we went in here didn't I that my um, I've got a, a 16 month old son who's sat in the back of the car and I was blasting <laughs> this out the other day and that track finished and as it finished it got a, a, an ovation from, from my son who started clapping it. he enjoyed it that much so I think if, if you can please a 16 month old with your music you're into good things right and, uh, and big up Nouveau for picking up on it and put it out there because um, I feel like it's it's a bit of a standout from their their current catalogue of tracks. Uh, like that track is something a little bit different. 
So it's uh, it's always nice to see labels kind of taking on something that stands out from the rest of what they've put out. Am I making sense? Yeah, completely. I mean, look, no, no, it's just a lot. I'm trying to work out where I can go from there. It's like, you know, it's para, it's para. He's, you know, Nuvolve has been supporting new artists, which I love. Um, Para's obviously 100% a veteran, whether you know that or not. You know, DEA project tunes I was listening to when I was in school. Um, You know, Para's been at this for longer than many, many people. And, There's and, also guys produce stuff that people don't even realise were him as well. Do you know what I mean? There's some sort of bigger names that you wouldn't ever know were Parad, but he's responsible kind of thing. Yeah, let's let's not blow let's not let's not blow him or them up. But yeah, um, the, the, the the long and the short of it is, he's a very very talented man. But it shows what I love is is that you know he's on Nuvolve because he is current. He's not just um, someone that was making Garage twenty years ago and he's still now doing the same shit from then. Like. Over the over the eras, um, he's had tunes that define him. Um, you got to call out. Tell me um, when he done that before before he put Robbie Craig on it. Like the original bootleg mix was absolutely stunning, and when I heard that, I had shivers down my spine. I love the I love the version with Robbie Craig just as much. Do, do you know what? I'm going to say something here. And we were talking about Lost Gems at the start of the show, and like oh, we were talking about another one, um, and and and. There's two tracks that stand out to me as my favourite Garage tracks of all time and the Power and Robbie Craig version of, of, of Tell Me is one of them. Like I, That's how much I love that track. It's one of my favourite Garage tracks of all time. I think it's that sick. It's just really slick. I mean, like you, you, you've obviously pinpointed the version with the Stevie Wonder samples in it. I, I, I'm a massive Robbie Craig fan, and I love his vocal performance on that track. So I give him props for that look, as well. Look, I could see you could pick either version. I, to be I, fair. I respect like, that they brought he brought Robbie Craig onto that track, right? And then Robbie Craig even evolved it a bit, and he and he he put like, "If you really love me, won't you tell me?" That was obviously completely brand spanking new. It fit perfectly, um, but the. the when they when they tried to replicate the original sample that he used from Stevie Wonder, he couldn't. He couldn't. It, it, you know, Para, mate, I love you, but you 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 know it. it you can't be as strong as Stevie because Stevie's fucking Stevie. So yeah. you, you can only ever be a bad copy of Stevie, which meant that what you did on that tune was only ever going to be a bad copy of what the original was, and it was unfortunate. Is it a difficult? Is it a difficult spot with like if you've heard the original version before you hear? the re-vocal, like, it's always going to be diff- difficult to kind of... Mim- like, I had, had a similar problem, albeit to a much lesser, sort of lower down the, the scale, because it's nowhere near as good, but I had a similar problem with the um, the cover of What You Won't Do For Love that I put out on, on Jazz Dip FM, because obviously we'd done... I'd, I'd done a remix of the Bobby Caldwell version as a bootleg previously, and I, I feel like if you marry the two up, like, as great as Harsh's vocal performances on the re-vocal, like, there's just something about, like, the old vintage like sampling an old vintage record and doing something with it that you can't quite mimic. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily, you, like you say what you say, I don't think it's necessarily to take anything away, away from no, Robbie Craig. No, not at all. If anyone, if anyone could come close to Stevie, it's Robbie, but you're never going to quite mimic that old kind of Motown flavour. You're never going to quite it's be just able not to possible. do that. So I get it what you're saying. It's not possible. I get what you're saying. I still, I still maintain myself, and pu- maybe it's purely because I'm such an audiophile and I'm a, a studio engineer and I'm a nerd that I like, I, I prefer the version with Robbie Craig on it. And maybe that's just because it's crisply, cleanly recorded afresh and all layered up nicely. Do you know what I mean? But I can, I, equally, I can, I can see both 
uh, sides of the coin with that one. We're digressing again, mate. We're gassing. No, we're not. We're supposed to be talking about Havana and we've ended up talking about Sam Gales. <laughs> uh, you know what, Rob? I, I, we're going to have to take a break because I need a piss. I'm dying for a piss. <laughs> this, is, this is like, so all of this stuff will cut this out. This is can, unprecedented. We, no, unprecedented. <laughs> Welcome back, brains, after your piss. <laughs> oh, wait. Just make it like I was the only one that went. <laughs> well, we'll be back. So let's... So, Big up, Para. I'm going to move on to, to, to the next pick. So, uh, so I'm I'm kind of branching over back. It's not it's not going back to Future Garage, but this has kind of got Future Garagey vibes. Um, this next one that I've got, it's a real. I, I don't know. I was doing my usual listening to every single thing ever that was released in in the kind of garage genre, and uh, and this one came up and I just it had a sound that that hit my ears and I really really enjoyed it. So, um, you know, it, I, I, I'm, I, it may not be everyone's cup of tea, um, but, you know, I like, I like my uh, kind of oddball ones. Uh, this is by a, a gang called Oxosis, um, spelt very strangely, and this tune is called Empty Kisses. This is one of them ones where we've talked about L2S recordings before again, and this is one where I could see L2S putting something like this out way well, back in the, the Future Garage glory days, but it's still got like a kind of modern spin to it. Um, I just I just enjoyed it. Say it's literally a set of sounds that appealed to, to my soul, and and uh, and I enjoyed it. Big up Oxosis for this one. It's fucking wicked, man. Like the. the... Like the, the, the intro and like, especially with the thunder in the background, it's all really ominous and like, I would use the word epic to describe it because you could have that on a film soundtrack, right? And then it, it kicks in and like, the drums hit surprisingly hard. I want to hear that on a club system because I reckon that would sound fucking banging. Um, but it's got those, that, that kind of chord progression. I can't, I can't quite place it. It reminds me of something that I've heard at some point in the past. I can't quite pinpoint it, and that's not to say they've ripped anyone off. Just like it's got kind of some kind of familiarity about it, but yeah, it's a wicked vibe. It's wicked. It's really different to everything else. Obviously, we've showcased tonight. Um, just different in general to a lot of what I'm hearing in a minute. But 
doesn't sound out of place at the same time it's kind of as you said kind of still manages to be kind of topical i could imagine any number of djs picking that up and rolling with that and um yeah, it's a good, it's a nice, nice one to kind of round off with. It's a wild card without being too wild, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, not, we've not got like the super duper sign of savage brain aneurysm base that I do if I want to get a real crazy wild card. Um, but yeah, it's definitely one that I don't think would be picked up um, by by many people just because it's not a, 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 an artist that I've heard of before. Um, it could be a collective. I don't know who Octoses are, but big do, we, up. do we not know anything about them? Should we? Should I Google them while we're? You, you can do some. You can do some casual googling. It's always a. Uh... Is it? Is it Oxosis? O X O S S I. Oxosis. Oxosis. So it's not cis. It's Oxosis. You know, I don't know. I don't know what they've come up with. It's probably like some sort of Greek word that we've never heard of, or God knows what. But yeah, it's there's a whole EP that they've done, and this was the lead track on it. And I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I've just a uh, big up to them for, for putting this out. Um, and yeah, it's, I, I get what you're saying. The chord progression kind of feels familiar. Maybe that's why I, I enjoyed it. I don't know. Um, but just the set of sounds and it was just, it was a little bit different and, and it, it hit nicely. And, and I could have picked um, of the remaining, the remaining kind of uh, 10 that we've got that we, I'm sure we'll go through in a second. Um, I could have had a few tunes that kind of fell into that category of uh, a little bit different and not quite standard garage. Um, but this was the one that I, I was adamant I wanted to talk about today. That was the standout. I can tell you now, looking at his Spotify, uh, that is a guy um, from LA um, who also, like me, likes jazz, apparently. so Happy days. Good man. Um, obviously, listens to a lot of hit, hip-hop. He's kind of got a bit of a vague... Uh, he first started producing electronic music after graduating college, started creating hip-hop beats inspired by his long-time love of the genre. His explos- extensive exposure to, to a diverse range of music has allowed him to successfully craft his highly eclectic ambient and bass-heavy style, one that blends his deeply rooted musical upbringing with his own creative individuality. Uh, that's probably quite a good summary of what we just heard right, there mate, as well. Well, <laughs> thank you very much for creating what I consider to be a uh, modern garage rhythm. Safe. That's, it is great. Good choice, mate. Good choice. Let's, um, Are we going to run through our, before we, because we, we always forget to, to run through our ones that didn't quite make it, don't we? We're an hour in and we've got to go for it. One for one. Let's to go. To me, to you? Yeah, to, to you, to me. So first up, a very obvious selection here uh, is the Stupid Dub uh, from a guy called Phonetics, which is available now on Riddler. And I would stress available via, via all manner of different channels, Beatport, Juno, Download, Track Source. If you want it, you can get it anywhere. Uh, it was one that I had dozens of requests about um, because if you're familiar with my Jazz to FM album, you will recognise it as the background to the pirate radio interlude. Lots of people wanted me to do a full track of it, so I did it and I like it and I hope you will too. Large up. Uh, my first pick is from the Mudblood EP uh, by Badger. Um, savage, savage bass. Literally kick your face off like you kick the face off a badger. Um, big up badger um, for this. Make sure you check out the Mudblood EP. Uh, second one I've got on my list is Images uh, by Shunji Fuji, available now via Infinity Sense. Infinity Sense. It is fucking brilliant. And the only reason I didn't feature it as one of my top three was because you were all expecting me to and I wanted to fuck with you. But that's not to take anything <laughs> away from it because it's great. Uh, and you need to go enjoy it as soon as you can. He's taking Mondo Grosso to next levels on that one for sure. Um, 
Uh, my next one, uh, so why UQT's put out um, a wicked EP. Uh, the tune I'm featuring on there is like that. It's featuring Logan, and it's just it's banging. I, this was in my top three. It was so so difficult to pick the tunes to talk about this this show. Uh, check out that one, man. Why UQT is top top talent. I expected that to be in your top three. I was surprised that it wasn't, but I, I understand why. Uh, next up, I've got Shy Cookie and MC Neat with a track called Strange Times, uh, which is available now on A1. Uh, Shy Cookie is fucking brilliant, and this is a great example of it. Like, I would almost say it couldn't sound more like Sincere if it tried, but I don't want to insult him by suggesting he's ripped anyone off. It's just, I, when I say that, I mean it's just a fucking brilliant production. Uh, Shy Cookie needs more love. Go give it to him. Pick up Shy Cookie, and who knew MC Neat was also a flat earther and an anti masker? Interesting. Um, my next one, uh, so this guy, I've, I've, I've been clashed on him for, for forever. Uh, Skepsis uh, has put a tune out with K9, uh, and it's featuring an MC called Takura, and it's a tune called Again. Now, it is just breaky, bassy, and it will kick your back door in like uh, the police kicking off a garden gate. Trust me. Check it out. Uh, next one I've got is one that I know we both uh, shortlisted. It's the illustration and minister with a track called bubbling. It's available now on steppers club. Uh, and it's just a great two step bass heavy roller. Uh, it just takes me back and makes me want to move. I thought the illustration was a DJD alias until I found out the illustrations, Instagram, where he just, I realise he's another guy. Um, pick up the <laughs> illustration um, and pick Did up DJD for having more aliases than Robbie T, which is a feat. Not in possible. Itself. Not possible. It, it, yeah, I refuse to accept uh, it. <laughs> oh dear. Well, is it is one of your ones Predator? Because my next pick <laughs> is Predator. Uh, he's, uh, you know, this is it, Predator is so high caliber. He's bordering on Mersh at the moment. His latest one um, is featuring uh, a vocalist called Ada, and the track is called "Don't Cry." Uh, beautiful just beautiful two-step mate grab it it's a strong strong track good choice mate uh next up i have got dom scott with a track called can you it's available now on the biotics blue album on point black point black records the reason i specify the biotics blue album is because there is also a biotics green album out at the moment which is a completely different set of tracks if you're looking for this track in particular i mean you'll find it on our playlist uh but it's uh, a great jazzy soulful stepper so of course i would choose it large up everyone at point blank um great Indeed. shout um my next one is another tune called don't cry so this is two tunes called don't cry in a row and this one is featuring hamza and it's by model man um it is a two-steppy beat and it's not really kind of garage but it is garage I, I i started my show with predator don't cry and ended my show with model man don't cry um it's got a piano it's quite jazzy Check it out. Love it. I hope there were no tears during the making of that show. Incidentally, Hamza, didn't he do a, he did a tune with uh, MPH recently, if I'm not mistaken, which was also banging? I, I think. I'm going to double check that. Geezer's obviously on form, but uh, yeah, top, top, top marks. Anyway, uh, moving on to my next one, I have got You Don't Have to Know, which is the latest release from Baker on his Big Boy Beats imprint. Everyone's going nuts at the moment for Wilfie D and his sort of retro vintage two-step stylings. If you like that sound, you need to check out You Don't Have to Know by Baker because it's like somebody took it straight out of 2000, 2001. It would be at home in any number of sets from the old school, old, old guard, 
DJs. Equally, if you're a new DJ, it might be at home in one of your sets as well, but it's, it's great. Need to snatch that one, man. Love a bit of Baker. We spoke about him before. Um, big up, Baker. Uh, my next one is by a guy called Noxiv, and the track is called Another Kiwi Juice. I hope that's not a stab at conductor's camp. Um, but this is a, a bit of a jazzy number. It's hard for me to describe it. It's just a, a nice instrumental. Um, check it out. Uh, next one I've got on my list is a weird one because the first time I heard it, I hated it. And then every time I heard it again, I liked it a little bit more. And I now love it. Uh, go figure. <laughs> it's called One and it's available now on Garage Shared. It's by Aduki, uh, who is doing big things at the moment. So big up Aduki. And big up Garage Shared or the Southampton Massey. And big up Garage Shed, indeed. Uh, my last one I'm rounding out is by a, a, a someone called Mary Choppins, which I just thought was amazing for an artist's name. Not Mary, but Mary. Mary Choppins, eh? And, uh, and, and the tune <laughs> is called Oh Hi! Uh, I, that is legitimately the title. I played it on my last radio show, and it's just 4-4, modern bumpiness. Check it out. It's not necessarily Gary, just kind of a genre surfer but absolutely love it big up that's it we've done Top it stuff that was and the- if you want to hear all of those tracks of course remember as brain said earlier in the garage in the uk garage.com forward slash recommends uh, where you which will take you to our spotify playlist with all of the garage goodness from lately thank you so much for keeping that up man because i already spin so many plates i can't be doing Spotify <laughs> playlists as well. God damn it! I feel you. I feel you, man. <laughs> right. Okay. So um, we we are we're at one hour ten minutes, mate. So we have been waffling to shit. Um, let's let's uh, have a quick spin back in time. Um, do you want to tell us all about your pick for our visit to the old school and looking at the forgotten years? I do. Uh, my my pick uh, this month is is a bass heavy number from those kind of those early days I say early days of bassline those days when kind of there was a crossover between garage and bassline and this man in particular was doing great things at the time uh, and put out a, a EP on Riddler dubs of a lot of this four four different tracks of this kind of thing this bass heavy 4/4 vibe this is Charlie says with oi oi uh, see if you can guess who the vocal sample is provided by and we'll talk about it after Rob, the uh, the masters sounding quite fresh on that one. <laughs> yes, so for the eagle-eared amongst you, you may notice the the, the remaster on that. That's because it is <laughs> this is a shameless plug. I feel bad for even doing it. 
So, um, there is a compilation called Riddle Me This, which is the best of Riddler Volume 1, which is out in a couple of weeks on the 15th of October, exclusive to Beatport uh, and everywhere else widely available after the 29th. Um, and this is taken from that, which is a selection of the best Riddler releases over the years, uh, remastered for the 2021 Mandem. Uh, this track was, uh, I want to say, first out in what, 2006, in my mind, via Riddler Dubs. Uh, when Charlie Says was really just kind of smashing it. Uh, I feel like it's one of those people from the lost years who, when you actually kind of ask around, even from people who were kind of there at the time, people don't necessarily give him the props that he deserves. When you look at his kind of discography and go, okay, this is a guy that MJ Cole picked up and put out some tracks on prolific dubs. And he then went from there to kind of collaborating with Will Phillips, you know, who, who we all know later went on to become Tourist. He's kind of he's kind of done big things. Uh, he did some stuff on Riddler Dubs. He's kind of dotted about. He did lots of different things, lots of different people. I think the only thing that kind of held back his rep was that he was obviously so intent on ensuring quality control rather than quantity that he didn't put a massive amount out. The actual number of releases to his name are quite small, but the ones that are there all created some noise. Uh, and I'm privileged enough that obviously I've known Chaz for a long time uh, and I've heard a lot of the stuff that didn't go out and I can tell you now there was some absolute corkers uh, and it's a cry and shame that they didn't go out there was a two-stepper he did during those future garage years that whistler would have just jizzed all over it was fucking exceptional it had some mortal combat samples i was begging him for ages to finish it i was like man i want to put this out let's do something let's do something but obviously like if you don't know about charlie says or chaz kind of went off and became a go-to guy for um the the, the grime lot he, he does video production so a lot of the grime videos you see a lot of the hip sort of uk hip-hop videos they're filmed by chaz he kind of found a different way to channel his creativity but he was one of those guys who just kind of had a vision of what he wanted to achieve uh, and was very good at, at kind of doing it he worked as a studio engineer for a number of years before kind of embarking on this little Charlie Says kind of project. Um, so he was accomplished before we kind of even were aware of him and had even heard of him. Uh, but I, I love it. I, I still go back to that Charlie Says EP and some of the later releases, Mystico and The Reckoning, that, that are put out on Riddler in the later years. Uh, and, and, and as I say, the quality is just is just there. That He had this knack. If you ever saw Charlie DJ, it extended beyond his production into his DJing as well, where he could just... Uh, it's what myself and Domino used to refer to as kind of jump up. Certain people have it. Charlie Says has it. Dexplicit has it. It's just these tracks that, although they might not be like silky smooth, shiny, polished like MJ Cole, they have a raw element to them and something that just grips you by the throat and goes, get on the fucking dance floor now. Uh, and, and Charlie did it really well. And I, and I feel like Oi Oi um, is, is, a, is a great example of that. And it was at that moment in time, 2006, when the baseline thing was really kicking off and you had a lot of the London DJs like Charmer was all over Charlie Says. Down south, Eddie Wideboy was supporting him big time. But then you went up north and Jamie Duggan and Neverwright and Sean Banger Scott, they were all battering his tunes as well. Kind of feel like he was probably had had more at his fingertips than he maybe realised at the time. Maybe more than we realised at the time. Uh, you know, like when you ask around um, amongst the people that were in the know then that knew of Charlie Says, you, you people always just go, oh, yeah, Charlie Says, he's sick. Uh, and I, th- I think that that's, that's a good example of of why did you did you um I, I mentioned the vocal sample before before we played it um are you gonna call 
dibs on who that was. Is it obvious? I don't know if it's oh, like an obvious I, I, one. I know who it is because I, I, yeah, I know. See, I heard that tune loads of times before I realised it was Kofi B, and then someone said it to me, and I was like, oh, yeah, fucking obviously, it was, yeah, yeah. There was a oh. later version of that track. There was a later yeah. version of that track which I wanted to put out when we did the Riddler Digital relaunch, um, but unfortunately, Charlie had had like a hard drive crash and he'd lost loads of his old project. And the only version of the of the track, so so that was Oyoye, that was Oyoye the original featuring Kofi B. There was a later version of it, which he titled Oyoye 08, because funnily enough, he made it in 2008, <laughs> believe it or not, right? Um, but the only version he had available of it was the special that he did for Domino. So it was, again, Kofi B on the vocal, but like it had like little DJ Domino vocals spliced throughout it. So the reason that never went out was because it had DJ Domino all over it. It was just really confusing because people would have thought it was, it was Dom when actually it was nothing to do um, with Dom by the fact that it was a special for him uh, but it, it was a shame I always thought it was a shame because it was much the same track but it just believe it or not had like a little bit more energy it had some more percussion that kind of drove it along a little bit more and some kind of different bass sounds in there uh, of the two I actually favour it it's just a shame it kind of got lost because um, you know not not that it's not that that original version isn't something to shout about anyway now, you know, when, so when, when you put it on thing. the playlist for today I I thought you said it was Riddler, and I thought, hang on, I swear that's not Riddler. I swear that's on Prolific Dubs, but I was wrong, obviously. No, nah, no, nah, uh, nah. was uh, so the prolific, the prolific Dubs release you're talking about was flat, Malfunction and Flatline. Malfunction and no, 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 Flat Flatline was on the same EP as Oi Oi. Oh, was it? The prolific Dubs release was yeah, yeah. Prolific Dubs was Malfunction, and I want to say was it called the Bump or something like that. <laughs> Double check that for me, because it was it was malfunction was quite dirty. It had that kind of speed garage Hoover bass, right? And then it had another one which was kind of more warehouse bumpy filtered square bass. So what was the one? The one that goes that 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 that's flatline. That's flatline. That's flatline. And that's not on prolific dubs. That's flatline. And that was that was Riddler Dubs Volume One, the Charlie Says EP. So you had that track we just played, Oi Oi Flatline. You had Lost. And for the life of me, I can't remember what the, the fourth track on that EP was, which is really, really bad, poor form on my part. Um, I mean, I remember the write-up on that EP in DJ Mag. I remember Philippa Reed giving it a five stars and just fucking shouting its praises, cause, and, and rightly so, because it was a, a really different take on what everyone else was doing at the time. You know, you had kind of the Northern producers that were making all-out speed garage for Baseline. Like, this was before this was before Baseline turned into grime, right? This was before Mr. V and TRC and TS7 and all those kind of jumped on it and, and it went all kind of farty bass. This was before that. Like, Charlie was kind of ahead of his time, I feel like. A lot of the stuff that was coming out was, like, reflective. It was like those warpers. And Charlie kind of came along and kind of really took it, like, with a grimier sound. And, and I think a lot of... To why a lot of the Northern DJs were just like, this is a guy from down south who's doing like the Northern thing, but he's putting his own spin on it. Uh, and, he, and he did it so well that um, that's, that's, that's kind of why it caused such a stir at the time. To Just a Groove, that was the tune. Just a Groove, yeah. Just a Groove. And it was a groove as well, that. It was. So, it was. so um, the, the, the new Riddler release coming out is called Remind Us Again. Riddle me this, and that's the, the the best of Riddler Volume One, and there will be also Riddle me that, the best of Volume uh, best of Riddler Volume Two uh, in in coming months Spoiler as well. Spoiler alert! Like it, okay. Spoiler is that alert, dropping on? Indeed. Is it just is it exclusively on Beatport, or is it going to be all over the gaff? 
So Riddle Me This is exclusive to Beatport for two weeks, starting on the 15th of October, and then it will be widely available everywhere else from the 29th of October. Oh man, what? Uh, and if you need more information on that, riddlerecords.com for all the updates and links and whatnot. Hey, you're going to ask me why, why it's exclusive to Beatport, right? Uh, I am, but that's only because I don't really shop on Beatport that much, but yeah. I'm going, to be, I'm going to be really blunt about it. It's because, you know, any, any platform that you go to and you offer them an exclusive, that platform is going to be more grateful to you for having that exclusive and more likely to feature it. And we'll come to talking about different platforms and distribution models in our gas. If we section. get bloody time, because we are if, running if we long, bloody mate, have time we're for running it. long. But a big part, of, a big part of, of that is, is, is being featured on certain platforms. And, and to be honest, like Beatport is the one where you're going to make uh, the vast majority of your sales in 2021. So um, if I have to stroke them and offer them exclusives to keep them happy, I'm going to no, do I, it. No, I, so I, I completely get it, bro. I completely get it. It's too much to my frustration because all of my favourite Spanish tracks seems to come out on Beatport two weeks early and I have to wait. Um, boo, boohoo! First world problems. You don't have to. You don't have to wait. That's your choice. You could. I, I could. I could spend the extra, but I like to support my platforms. I understand. Like, <laughs> I, it's weird. You know what? It, the it's weird mate. with Beatport. And me. Let's. We'll, we'll talk about it later. Um, as uh, my my beef with Beatport. Um, okay. Let's go into my flashback. Let's get. Let's get moving because we're running. We are running long. Um. And so, I've chosen a tune that was associated with the very early Russian garage, um, the, the Russian garage scene. Um, way back then, there was a, a, a small, a, a few people that were connected to, to the Russian scene. And Greg, yes. Can I jump in and interrupt you? Was Proton... He was Polish. Polish? Yes, he was completely Polish. And I'm, and I'm talking out of my fucking ass. yeah. So uh, early, uh, the early Russian garage scene was completely artifact, and at around the same time, the Polish scene was blowing up. Um, what a bell end! Uh, and uh, CJ Rain was there as well, um, coming out straight out of Poland. So because of that, they invented the European Vibes uh, EP. Uh, on that European Vibes EP was some tunes by uh, CJ Rain, but then there was also some tunes by these people. Called the newbies, which was an alias, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna roll the lead track from the European Vibes Volume One uh, by the newbies, and this tune is called "This Is How We Do It."
I, I love I loved in that era, like everyone, every garage producer had to have their bootleg alias. Um, and Proton's bootleg alias was the newbies. Um, what a what a wicked bootleg. Um, it's just bumpy, bumpy vibes, right? Like, you can't listen to that tune and not smile. I, I, I say over and over again, like, that period in time. And I, Duncan, Duncan Powell said the same thing. That period in time. Because what year is this? 2005, 2006? Uh, yeah, 2005. Yeah, bang on, bang on, bang on. It's my favourite time in garage history. And this track, along you know, along with all those artefact bits and, and, and the stuff by Mr. Bump, it's a, it's a prime example of why it's just such feel-good, bouncy vibes. Like, I can't listen to that. Like, just makes me smile just makes me smile man it's just great and like what creative use of that sample as well it's really clear there's been a million different versions of that track over the years and that by far and away is like way out there in terms of like taking a vocal and doing something a bit cool with it do you know what i mean yeah but why the hell did he switch the drop up to make it awful so that it went out of time like it's like that, that that's the only bit that proper grinded with on that track is that there was an extra four beats randomly that just came up so that if you didn't drop it before the bit, 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 it would then go out of time with whatever you was mixing. Just to fuck with you, mate. I used to do it all the time on those Robbie T bits. Just just to be a dickhead, basically. That's the sort of shit where the tune would have to be like super duper outstanding or it would never get played. Um, but yeah, so, so I mean, on that AP, so, so there was there was This Is How We Do It and then Toddy Bear and Colours were his kind of uh, they were almost like his debut bits them two tunes they were like just four four tunes that he'd created that were vibes and then he put the cj mix of lies on there um it was just rounding it out as an as a, a nice uh, it was the it was the first thing i remember from final cut uh that, that came out final cut collective uh final cut records it was their first kind of vinyl right um and uh, and yeah, just it, they were the ones that were pushing Proton. And and I, I've spoke before about on this podcast about how on there was a a, a very brief period where there was a a peer to peer sharing thing called Direct Connect, where you could share garage on this uh, shady garage group. And I managed to get um, Proton's um, I got Proton's uh, EP from that. And that was that was the way that that was um, the first exposure I had to Proton was through Direct Connect, some shady piracy shit. Um, but but this was the first thing that came out on Final Cut Records. And uh, Jabs, I was on the same station as him. I've said before, and he was kind of pushing this. And uh, and yeah, it was just large. Was, uh, I I loved that tune, and I played it over and over and over again. Believe me. Big up Jabs. I, do you know what we talked about before? We said before, like when you look back at that time, it was like. Domino knew something that other people didn't know when you look at the, the sort of roster that he created. It was like Charmer knew something that other people didn't know with the roster he created. And I don't think Jabs gets enough uh, recognition for the little roster that he created with the final cut lot because actually when you look at those releases, you go, fucking... Because there was releases by... There was like, oh, there was obviously Proton, Proton CJ Ray and he also had Craig V on there. Uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, he had TNG and Des Jones as well. You know, Des, who later went on to become Huxley. Like, Jabs knew something as well. Uh, I know, obviously, he kind of, um, life took him in different directions. He kind of moved away from music for a little while there. Uh, but I feel like he, he deserves some kind of props and recognition for his input to the to the scene at that time. Um, because, yeah, uh, that, those releases were were fantastic. Without, with, without fail, as you've said, you know, you had a, you had a, a real good 
little mix of, of, of tracks on there. Do you want to know my interesting little tidbit? Because I know you mentioned to me before we went on, on, on air, you said, oh, I'm going to have newbies. This is how we do it. This is going to make you laugh. Go on. The, you, know, you know where I live is like super affluent, right? And that's not because I'm loaded by any means, just for anyone who's wondering, I'm not at all. Uh, I live in, in, in the basically the most expensive postcode in the country. Uh, and I was sitting here the other night. Ooh, <laughs> la-di-da. I mean, this is really cool, doesn't it? I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I could have bragging rights to, for that to be a really cool thing. In any event, I was sitting here the other night. Funnily enough, I was, I was working on some music, but I had my headphones on. I could hear some music in the background. I took my headphones off and I had the window open. One of my neighbours, and I use the phrase neighbours loosely because to be fair, they're probably like five minutes down the road, but just had their music loud enough. They sounded like they were next door. One of my neighbours was having a big party uh, and I picked up on the fact they were having a big party in the day because the estate I live on, they kind of mark off like the park in it and use it as a parking, um, uh, like a car park when someone has a party because that many people kind of turn up. So anyway, I can hear this party going on and I can hear what sounds like Montel Jordan this is how we do it, uh, playing. So the weird thing is, I'm listening to it, I'm thinking, that doesn't sound like the record. That sounds like Montel Jordan is in someone's back garden. And it took me a few minutes to realise that obviously one of the rich bastards that lives nearby me, I don't know what they were celebrating, if it's someone's birthday, uh, this, this is how much money they've obviously got. They'd flown Montel Jordan in to sing no. This Is How We Do It at their party. Yeah, shit, you know, shit, no you know. Way. So I'm sitting here. So I, I stopped what I was doing, took my headphones off, sat here and listened to it. And I was like, fucking hell, like, he's pretty, he's pretty good life. I'm, I'm impressed with that. And then I can't, for the life of me, I wish I could tell you what the next track was. I can't tell you what the next track was. It wasn't an American act, but it was one of the big um, British dance acts. Uh, I think they put some stuff out on Ministry a few years back. Like, one, like um, it was a female singer. So the record started playing. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm like, now that sounds like it's live too. And I don't know if it's like Cicada or what, you know, one of those kind of mainstream dance lot. Uh, they'd obviously booked her in to, to turn up at their house in the party. So I just opened all my windows and sat here. Uh, luckily, the baby slept through it all. And I enjoyed this, basically a live gig in my, in my living room. You sure <laughs> it weren't like that. karaoke night? No, it was So where I am, so, so I'm... I'm conscious of like, I don't want to sound like a cunt. There's no way of doing it. So, so basically I'm living on the Wentworth estate. So um, like basically when Ascot's on, right, like people, we have nothing but helicopters all day because the rich folk are, uh, have too much money to drive to Ascot. So they fly, they get a helicopter that flies them in. So that's kind of the level of money you're talking about. And, you know, obviously like the PGA Tour was on the other week. So you can kind of walk over and just watch Justin Rose on you know taking his drives and stuff it's pretty it's pretty hardcore i'm just basically here as a poor um producer trying to earn a quick buck because i, I happen to know somebody and i'm i'm kind of house house sitting a property until they retire i wish i had the money to actually live around here but it has its perks because i get these free gigs apparently it's not the first time that's happened either it's the first time i've heard montel jordan in the locality but there have been other other sort of party stroke gigs as well it's pretty cushy man you're just a poor boy. Nobody loves you. I get it. I get it. <laughs> pity me. Right, pity look, me. <laughs> we, we are we're, we're at an hour and a half already, bruv. So, um, mate, we can't skip gassing again. We skipped gassing last month. We did. Can we do it in a way that's like quick? Can we pick one subject and talk about it rather than both of them? Or are you precious about what you want to talk about? I'm not precious. I'm not precious. Let's um, let, let's let's talk about um, let's talk about the music platforms. Go on, let's do it. We teased cool. it. So if you follow. If you follow me on the social media, and actually I meant to say at the start of the show when you asked me how things are going, 
what a ball ache it's been. Uh, Basically, the past two, three weeks of my life have been slaved to transferring across uh, my entire back catalogue of music from distributor to distributor. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about and that you and I uh, Greg have talking about talked about recently is music distribution platforms, uh, the distributors themselves, and the platforms that music goes onto, and it's it's a it's a really interesting one. Uh, and actually, the last episode of this podcast highlighted the issue for us, and that was why we wanted to talk about it because I flagged with you uh, the B15 and Lord TCO um track uh the name of which is escaping me now which was a bang which one was shot two shot three the, shot four one, one shot two shot right great track uh, i flagged it for you and i recall you saying you know fucking like i sit here i go through every new release and i haven't heard that how did i miss it and i was like oh well i i was i was alerted to it by spotify's release radar and we thought that would be an interesting topic for for conversation since then and obviously you and i have talked about it a bit I've kind of I've I've been looking to expand the reach of my distribution because one of the the faux pas that I made when I relaunched Riddler uh, back in 2014 was I didn't sign a decent distribution deal. What I should have done was been focusing on who's going to get me onto Beatport, who's going to get those releases onto Beatport, Juno, TrackSource, those big platforms where garage DJs go to specifically download garage. Right, I naively, foolishly, whatever label you want to put in it at the time, went, ah, well, we've got Bandcamp. I'll concentrate on Bandcamp. And to be fair, Bandcamp, fucking brilliant platform, really grateful for it, really love it. And we've developed a really good follow for Riddler Records on Bandcamp. However, the downside to that is there are a number of people around who are really into their garage and who routinely go through the new releases on Beatport and Juno, etc., who aren't necessarily aware of the music that goes out on Riddler because of it. And and, and I, I used the example for you earlier, Dinner, Dinner Brains, where we were talking about like Jazz Step FM. A number of people that came across Jazz Step FM contacted me once they heard it through, actually a lot of it was through Conductor, because bless him, he, 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 he playlisted a couple of the tracks on his Kiwi Sound playlist. A lot of people contacted me after that going, fucking hell, like that, I love that track. Like, I don't know why I haven't heard of you sooner. The reason that people hadn't heard of me and hadn't heard of a number of the artists that were working with me is because those distribution channels weren't in place. And there were a number of people, um, some which we've actually highlighted on our shouts uh, in the previous section where we were talking about tunes that needed more credit, um, who don't necessarily have the, the, I don't want to say correct distribution channel in place, but don't have a distribution channel in place that allows them to get their music onto Beatport and Juno. And I don't want to say they're selling themselves short because it sounds like I'm criticising them, but basically, if you aren't on those platforms, you aren't sort of maximising your potential reach to the people who, the, the dem- demographic who love Garage, right? So that was one of the things we kind of wanted to talk about. The fact that some people have those channels in place. Uh, and we mentioned Baker earlier, right? Baker is a great example of somebody who does have those channels in place. And actually, although you don't hear Baker cropping up on the the lists of the kind of big name DJs like EZ, uh, Matt Jam, you know, those kinds all that often. He doesn't, he's not kind of like a regular mainstay. Nonetheless, Baker has his following because he has the distribution channel in place that means that his tunes go onto Beatport. And as we briefly discussed there in passing earlier, his tunes go onto Beatport as exclusives. And one of the pluses to that is that Beatport, quite often I've noticed, feature those Big Boy Beats releases, those Baker releases, on their homepage. And as a result of that, he's got like his little niche core fan base of Beatport users who quite often come across Baker releases. And, he, and like it was, he sells a few extra records as a result of doing so, right? 
But there are people conversely who don't have that kind of level of distribution in place who are maybe on a similar sort of uh, a similar level in terms of production and the tunes they're making. Um, and I don't want to name any names because I don't want it to sound like I'm slagging anyone off because I'm really not. But there are producers around who are making brilliant music that doesn't get the credit it deserves, that doesn't get the exposure it deserves because they don't have the distribution channel in place. So their tunes maybe go onto Spotify and get put onto people's release radars. They maybe people pick them up via Apple Music or Amazon. But let's be honest, a lot of garage DJs are probably going on Beatport or Juno to get their releases. So they're going to miss those those tunes by those producers because they're not looking on Apple Music. They're not looking on Amazon for one reason or another, be that because it's an inconvenient platform be that because of the file types, because of the bit rates. It's a whole, that's a whole different discussion. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but it's just fascinating that you, the most conscientious and dedicated hardcore garage fan that I know of anyone who has the time and patience to go through every single fucking release, because I, I love garage and I'll admit I don't have the patience to do it. I, like my friend BWK Project, I've talked about, I've talked about this with him we are, we've both kind of acknowledged that actually we're kind of strongly, we're lazy in the sense that we're strongly relying on the Spotify release radar. So what my, my mechanism for tracking down new releases, I do go on Beatport, I do go on Juno, I do browse through the releases, but I can't lie and say I painstakingly sit there and listen to them all like you do. I am largely reliant on what Spotify's release radar suggests for me based on artists I follow and previous tracks that I've liked. So there will be tracks that are readily available that I could come across, but which I miss because I am going, right, spoon feed me via an algorithm. And now I know you don't like that and you don't trust that because I know you and I have had this conversation before, right? And you've gone, I don't trust trust it. Rightly so. That's why you go and you dedicate your Friday afternoon when you should be working and earning your living and you mug your boss off and you go on Beatport and Juno. Don't tell them that. Instead, don't tell them that. Instead, I'm going, to, I'm going to send an email to your company. You go on Juno and Beatport instead and you sit there and you painstakingly go through all the releases, even though arguably a lot of them don't belong in the garage section, but that's a whole different conversation. Let's not go there. Um, you go through them all and you find the ones that you like, right? So there's, it's, it's fascinating to me that last month I was able to flag something for you that you went, I haven't heard this because I was like, what the fuck? Like, how have you missed that? And then it dawned on me afterwards that obviously I, I, I don't know what, what B15's distribution channel is. Sorry to pinpoint you there, Angus. Like I'm just, it was, it's, a, it's obviously a prime example because of what we discussed. Um, I don't know what their distribution channel is. Whether that stuff, whether that track went onto Beatport or Juno, I don't know off the top of my head. Obviously it was missed by you. It was only flagged by me because Spotify popped it up on on a Friday and went, "Hey Rob, this you'll like this." And I went, "Thank you very much." Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> it's just interesting that, that that can be the way, and that you know, I, I mentioned also last time when we were discussing it, there was another track that we talked about, and it was an MPH track that was, I think, Wub Club. I think it was a Wub Club track. It might have been a Wub Club track, but it hadn't gone on to Beatport or Juno because there were some sample issues in it but it had gone on to Spotify. I think you were aware of this one, but I was just flagging it because it was equally one that I acknowledged could be missed by someone if they were solely reliant on picking one platform and sticking with it because you could only download it via the sound, via, via the, the, the Wub Club SoundCloud, obviously because of copyright issues. I understand that, so that's not a criticism of anyone. Uh, it's just fascinating that in 2021, we have this internet at our disposal we have a, a tool that's, that's that's greater than any for, for for marketing and getting stuff into people's hands directly from 
your house, your studio to, to yours. Do you, do you know what I mean? And yet, in spite of that, because there's no standard, because there are differences in the way people do things, because there are differences in the way distributors work, because there are differences in platforms and the way platforms take music, platforms like, like Beatport is curated, for instance. So there may be releases that are on that are on Juno that don't make it onto Beatport because someone at Beatport deems that they're not valid to be on Beatport. Do you know what I mean? There's all these little intricate nooks and crannies that mean that although we're in an age where everything should be really accessible and easily acquired and consumed, arguably it's not, and things do get missed. Uh, and I'm waffling away. And you're- no, no, it's 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 really difficult, right? It's really difficult because it's like you've said that. The accessibility is there, so any person can create a, a a song on a Monday and have it distributed to shops on a Tuesday. It's like we're in a modern age now where so many people have access to the music, there's so much talent out there, and you can self-distribute w- within the blink of an eye. And we've definitely spoken about many tunes on this show that have been distributed uh, via labels that are owned by the person that has made the tune because they've just self-distributed. Um, you know, I, I like you said, I, I do go through religiously everything in the garage section in Juno. Um, I go through. Uh, there's there's problems with that. Uh, the first problem is there's so much stuff that it limits the amount of time I can listen to every tune. Sometimes it could be as little as one second and I skip on to the next one. Um, I'm also reliant on the fact that Juno has categorized um, the song correctly as garage. So if a, a remix may be missed, if it's on a, a general release that is garage, it hasn't gone into the garage section. Um, the reason I'm turned off the beat port, I think is a proper legacy thing, because way, 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 way back, um, they were like built in pure flash, if you know what that is, um, which obviously has completely been killed off now on the web. But the fact that it was a flash website um, and the fact that they didn't have a garage section, which I think was the biggest thing. So there was no garage as a genre on Beatport. It... It turned me off to it. I didn't. I didn't have any interest in it. And Juno had a UK garage, stroke UK funky section, which came about when funky was the thing, um, and and that meant that I could look for specifically garage tunes. I couldn't. Like I know that I know that Beatport now has like they feature garage as, as a genre, um, but originally they didn't. And I like the the legacy is kind of there, so it's kept me on Juno. Um, You've born a grudge, haven't you? Well, is it? I mean, I don't want to call it a grudge. It's just I've got a workflow that works for me now, right? You know, it's like I get it. I'm winding you up, man. Uh, no, of course, of course. I'm, you know, that's my my casual pseudo autism that I have. Um, I, I, I like I, I, I want to be able to love uh, uh, Beatport, but it's the main thing I find about Beatport is if artists that I follow on Spotify, not on Spotify, on SoundCloud, um, they'll they'll exclusively released tunes on Beatport like you've mentioned um, so like you're, you, they'll do two weeks on Beatport it'll cost more than it would on other music platforms um, and generally because I prefer to buy from Juno I'll wait until it comes out on Juno um, I, I, this is uh, this is uh, horrible of me but if a tune comes out on Beatport that's exclusive I will put it into um, a a, a uh, you can choose. You can have like custom baskets on Beatport. I don't know if you've done that before. Yeah. So I've got yeah, a custom yeah, yeah. basket called Hold Bin, and I put in the Hold Bin things that I can't get on Juno yet. And then literally, I'll revisit my Hold Bin, and I'll be like, "Oh, that's now available elsewhere. I'll go get it elsewhere." 
it's it's terrible like, that I'm not supporting the artists in that way. But um, I get it. I get it because you, you you don't you, you in essence your show is like the pinnacle of for, for me like if I want to hear bang up to date new garage I look into brains because I know that you're doing the legwork to go through and get the bang up to date stuff so if 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 somebody is going right they're they're pushing music to a platform where you can't get it until it's been out for two weeks you're then not going to be bang up to date you're two weeks behind so I can understand why those tunes might fall down your priority list if that's your kind of USP which you know I feel like it is for you as a DJ you like you like those kind of wonky out there brand new upfront tunes right I think that's fair to say uh, I can tell you I, I mean I can only say it from my personal perspective but what I would assume probably resonates with a lot of artists is that the reason they want to probably keep Beatport sweet um, aside from the fact that it's this you know, arguably a good platform, whether you want to admit it or not these days, um, is the fact that I would, as a rough ballpark percentage figure, excluding Bandcamp, obviously, say that via a distributor, probably about 90% of your sales are going to come via Beatport. Um, I feel like, and that's not that's not a diss to Juno. Juno's a great platform. I use Juno too. I, like, I use both of them, actually, in, in, in conjunction with one another. Uh, but I think... Beatport probably has, to be fair, the bigger brand worldwide. And I think a lot of the overseas demographics, I'm talking about people outside the UK, uh, and especially in the States, from what I gather from my following and the people that I interact with, a lot of those people shop not necessarily exclusively on Beatport, but Beatport is their first port call. So if you were to get the statements of a number of UK-based labels, and, and, and I have kind of done this in a roundabout way, and I'm not going to name label names because obviously they've trusted me with you know sharing statements just based on questions that I've asked. But the general consensus amongst the UK labels is that you're making most of your money through Beatport. So it totally makes sense to me that a lot of people will go right. Well, I'm going to kind of give Beatport the exclusive. No, but I, um, I think that's been the, I think that's been the case for years, mate. Like I, as far yeah. back as I, I remember back in. Uh, back in like 2008, right? So I'm I'm hanging out with Pete Devro, and and the, and Beatport is pure flash based, and he's telling me about how much he needs to get onto onto Beatport, and and I'm I don't understand why it's like to me it's a shitty flash based website that doesn't highlight garage, but that has got <laughs> it's got the most customers, uh, you know, it's got the most sway, and you also like you've said it's curated, like you need to be you need to prove yourself as high enough caliber to go on that website. I don't understand how they keep that up nowadays with the sheer volume that they've got, but uh, you know, they do somehow. And, and it's still the bastion of, of kind of quality. So, you know, I, I, I completely get it. And it's like, you know, my, my workflow has gone a certain way that I haven't included beat beatport in it. But I, if you're an artist, that's going to be the first kind of place that you're going to want to go. But then it, it brings up the secondary question of, understanding what your distribution channels are like you've said um you know there's plenty of tunes that i've missed um because they've only been available on itunes um or similarly i'll follow an artist on soundcloud and i can only buy their tune on itunes and nowhere else because that's the one place they've decided to distribute so i i think more than anything this is a psa a, a public service announcement to say you should be kind of using a distributor that goes everywhere because nowadays Technically, it's so simple, right? You can literally, literally upload once, distribute many. 
And that's what it's all about, right? I, w- I would I would take the opportunity to to apologise to anyone that likes my music and also to apologise to anyone that's kind of signed music to Riddler over the years that I didn't kind of jump on this sooner because, as I say, I had distributors knocking on my door in 2014 when I had kind of that roster and all of those tunes lined up and they were going, yeah, we'll put you out. And I kind of naively just through lack of education went, nah, do you know what? I think I can do this with with Bandcamp and with a kind of lesser distributor and went down those channels of going, right, Bandcamp's my focus. It will go on to iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon and all those platforms as a secondary. But absolutely, you are 100% on the money there that actually in doing that, what I did was sell myself short and sell the artists that I was working with short because actually what I ended up with was Riddler kind of stagnating where we had our fan base on Bandcamp. And bless them, there's a, a diehard core of fans that buy everything I put out on Riddler religiously the day it comes out. And I love them. And they're, they're, they're a big inspiration, a big reason I've kept making music over the years. But as an artist, and it's not about the money. It's not about the money at all. I don't want it to come across that way. As an artist, what you want is as big a fan base as possible. And I was talking literally last night with ODM about this. We were talking about the fact that as an artist, you want as many people listening to your music as you as, as possible for it to feel worthwhile for you to keep going, pouring your heart and soul into those productions, right? Um, and if you're not getting that, if you feel like you're making music that's going to a really small niche fan base, then it's really soul destroying, especially like, I'm not saying it's not about the money, but when you do see the numbers and you go, fucking hell, that made like three quid, that's a real kick in the gut. Um, so as an artist, yeah, absolutely. As you say, a public service announcement, that's that's kind of why I wanted to announce, sort of raise it as a topic for discussion. That's why I've been posting the, me- the, the messages that I have been on social media in recent days. And I've had a few conversations with a few different people and artists who will go, oh, yeah, I've talked to him about this. And I've been saying to them, forget about these smaller distributors who may be very efficient in what they do, who may charge you a lesser amount or be really convenient for you. Um, And I don't want to name names of distributors, but there are some that are great for what they do. They're automated services. You don't have to go through moderation. You upload something, it's on all of these platforms in the next day. If they're not going on to Beatport, Juno Download, arguably to a lesser extent TrackSource, if they're not going onto those platforms that DJs use where they can discover music and buy it and then download it directly, you are selling yourself short as an artist. I feel, this is this is my opinion, I feel like you share it with me because you've just basically said kind of the same thing in essence. Uh, I feel like basically I've robbed myself of a much bigger fan base over the years because I've spent many years distributing tunes to the lesser uh, platforms and, and I don't want to insult Apple Music or, or Amazon or anything like that, but they're because they are platforms and they do serve a purpose, but they aren't the, necessarily the platforms that people like you, um, who are passionate about Garage, who are my audience, would necessarily go on to buy the tunes. Do you know what I mean? And, and it's, it's, it's just it's basic marketing, right? But it's easily overlooked. You've got to cater for the audience that you want to consume your goods. And if you're not with the correct distributor who can get you onto the right platforms like Beatport and like Ju- like Juno Download, um, then I don't want to say you might as well not bother, but you you are selling yourself massively short. Um, and I and I used the example to you earlier, Brains, didn't I, where I was saying about like I've been in the game, what are we now, 2021. I've been releasing records since like 2004 now, uh, and 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 if you know, you know, and there are people who know about me and. 
Actually, it was interesting because I did obviously the 2002 EP with with Downplay recently. Um, and Andy, bless him, big up boss, sent me through the feedback sheets from the the promos that he'd sent out and was just like, there's some comments on here I thought you'd like to see from DJs who've obviously downloaded the promo and provided feedback. And across the board, a large chunk of what was said on those forms was, um, this is brilliant. Phonetics is great. I don't understand why he isn't bigger than he is. And I'm, like, I'm not sharing that to kind of toot my own horn. I took from that what I needed to take from that and bless up everybody that bigged me up because it really meant so much more to me than I can even verbalise. The reason I highlight it in, in the context of this discussion uh, is because it really flagged for me the need, you know, the, the fact that actually the people that know we're going, oh yeah, you're making some really good music. I don't understand why you're not bigger than you are. And I went, why am I not bigger than I am? The reason I'm not bigger than I am, and obviously there are multiple facets to that for any artist, do you know what I mean? But marketing, like we've discussed before, forms a big part of it. And a big part of marketing is ensuring that your product is in the right place. And my product has not been in the right place for many years. So that's something that I've basically, it's been my full-time full-time occupation for the past two or three weeks to port across my entire back catalogue so that my, pla- my, my my product is on the right platform. So now if you go on to Beatport and Juno Download and TrackSource, you can download all of the Phonetics discography. Um, you know, I can't, I lose track of the amount of times over the years where I've, I've uploaded new material and I've had messages on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter from people going, oh, I love this tune, but it's not really available on any of the platforms I use. And I'm like, hey, go to Bandcamp. And people are like, I don't use Bandcamp, I use Juno Download, or I use Beatport, do you know what I mean? So, long and the short of it is, get get out as many places as possible, right? Absolutely. Hit the button, get it to everywhere, and thank us later. That's it. I mean, I, I mean you've, you've mentioned marketing. It does, as an artist, it, you can put tunes out there, but you need to drive your listeners to the places that you put them. And I think you have to have an extremely kind of, like tier one brand to be like right it's in this one place and if you love me that much you've got to go there like you know you, you've got you've got to be legendary to be you've got to be mj cole to do that haven't you really yeah completely and and and, and i think you know you can you can be at peace to say okay i'm not quite there yet if i get there one day i can do that but until then i need to be everywhere um all right cool look we're we're, we're running up on nearly two hours long bruv so i think we're gonna have to you know, really Life's in, out there. as they say. Um, <laughs> it's been great chatting to you, bruv. Um, it's like... As always, mate. I, 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 you know, I love talking about kind of the, these distribution channels because I have to consume music regularly as a DJ um, and put together the, the shitty two hours of clanging that I do um, on Sub-FM. <laughs> um, and, and it, you know, I, I, I really do want to be more into Beatport. Um, but it would say it was great to chat about that. Great to hear about. I, it's it's unfortunate that there's a whole backup list that that these guys have uh, have not seen that you've sent me. That I I need to frivolously go through all of the stuff that you sent me for new music discovery because there's some bits that I've missed and um, that I think you've put, you've uh, you've uh, noticed over the past past month or so. Um, but I appreciate everyone around making new music because there's so much. Good stuff, isn't there? As we've as we've pinpointed at the top I mean, of the top of the podcast. Who, who have we missed? Who are the people that we should be talking about? Who are the, what are the tunes that we need to know? Um, email us. We have a, a channel wide open. We want to hear about everything. Have we been talking utter shit? 
Are there things that you agree with? Are there things that you'd like us to talk about? Are there tunes that we need to know about? Please email us feedback at in the UK garage.com and Rob and I do do it to the do do it to the email as brains is just outlined there because regularly when we do these these podcasts and upload them i get dms insta, into insta um and i'm just terrible of keeping tabs on it and every time you do that you open up the discussion on the feedback section you go yeah, feedback i think oh shit such and such messaged me but i can't remember what they've messaged me and i love the interaction i love chatting with you guys and by all means keep it coming but actually i think the the feedback in the ukgarage.com email address is vital for if you've got a thought specifically on what we, we've been discussing, because we kind of put those to one side, don't we, to, to discuss on the podcast. I think that's really a useful, easy way of us keeping tabs on it. Or we're just granddads that are using legacy kind of communication systems. You can also call us on the landline of 0181. Fax is on this number. Facsimile. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> if you could just telex us on, uh, on this number or a Morse code kind of telegram would be lovely. Um, we will happily read it out on this beautiful podcast. Rob, bruv, um, it's, been, it's been amazing talking to you and I love catching up with you, mate. Mate. Thanks for It's the always time. a pleasure. We should really do it more often. Um, yeah, you know we live so far away, and <laughs> the internet is a beautiful thing. It allows us to. I still, I'm going to badger you one day into us both getting into into one one place to record this podcast. We will do it once we have a location that is fitting. Um, yes, that is that that is that's the challenge. Um, until do you know, what? I need to find a place where the studio like is in the green screen behind me, don't I? If I could find a place that had that. Do you know what, annoyingly, there's, like, based on what I said earlier, there's a million houses around here that do have these facilities. Uh, Jamiroquai used to live around the corner and Elton John lives across the way. I just need, I don't know, has anyone got like 15 mil they can, they can lend me and then we can make this shit happen? I thought you were going to say a crowbar to break in and just take over. Well... Watch this space. We never know what will happen until the next episode. Feedback at intheukgarage.com. Uh, intheukgarage.com to uh, see the episodes, find all the places to subscribe, um, go to the clouds, go to the podcasty places. We are around. Um, Rob, thank you so much, mate. I will see you on the next one, right? Absolutely, mate. I look forward to it. Always a pleasure. Oh, all the best. All right. Until the next episode, guys. Thank you so much. Take it easy. Layers. Uh, you know what? I hate this at the end of the episode when the, the volume's all the way turned down on my jingle machine. And uh, <laughs> you know what? Layers until next time. Big guitar. In the garage with Vanetic and Brains.